This is The Bible in Depth with PJ. Join us as we take a deeper look into scriptures and study the Word of God together. Now here is Pastor Jim. Well, hello, everybody. We are back for our midweek study. Some of you join me live, and some jump in later and jump on the YouTube channel, New Beginnings, and get it there also. So today uh, we're going to look at Psalm 54 because we're currently in a study in various psalms. And um, I want to talk to you today about, here's my topic, in, tr- t- in times of trouble, what do you sing? You see, you know this, and it's not news. It is easy to worship God when life is easy and good, isn't it? It, It's just the greatest thing in the world. But the real big question is when trouble comes, because we are not uh, void of suffering uh, as a believer, and that's one of the things that I don't understand. And Christians sometimes, they think that suffering shouldn't come their way. I mean, Jesus went to a cross. He suffered. But... Suffering comes to our lives and trouble comes. And so when that comes, what do you sing? Um, Another big question, I think, with this is when trouble or suffering comes or things are going wrong. And, you know, what comes out of our mouth? What, What do we say? Who do we talk to? Those are big questions. Now, let me say this sincerely, and I'm not In no way, uh, if you ever watch this, if you're an atheist, I'm not condemning you because God loves everyone. He even loves those who don't believe in Him. But when life goes sideways, I I just cannot fathom not believing in God. I I cannot fathom not having someone to pray to. It's such a lonely, I would imagine, I should say, it's such a lonely, powerless feeling. And so I'm very thankful that I do know God, there is a God, and I do have someone to pray to and talk to when my life goes sideways. Now, we're in Psalm 54, and the background of this psalm we find in 1 Samuel 22 and 23, where David has delivered these people of Keilah, and once he delivers them from an enemy, guess what they do? They turn around and they're going to deliver him up to King Saul, who's been hunting David for years and wants David dead because David's been anointed to be the next king. So you think about the background of this psalm. Uh, Life has been sideways for David for years. And he does a good deed to these people. He's been on the run. He's hiding out. He has nowhere he can be stationary at. And now the people he delivers, the people he helped, they want to deliver him up to Saul? Man, that's trouble. (laughs) That's trouble. So, with that background, with that idea, the question again, so we don't lose the question, is in times of trouble, what do you sing? In times of trouble, what comes out of your mouth? Well, let's see what comes out of David's mouth because it's very um, instructive for us. The first thing I want to tell you in Psalm 54 is that David speaks to God about his enemies. When things are going sideways, David speaks to God about his enemies. Look at verse 1 and 2 of Psalm 54. Save me, O God, by your name, and vindicate me by your power. Hear my prayer, O God. Give ear to the words of my mouth. Now, what does this mean? Two thoughts on this. The first thing it means is, (coughs) no matter what, 
God is kept as the primary in the equation of life for David. God is primary. God is in the, he's the center equation of everything in David's life, no matter what. David says, save me, O God, and vindicate me by your power. See, he's speaking to God first about his enemies. God is central to his life. <clears throat> it's both fascinating to me and it's sad to me how some people of faith, when life goes wrong or suffering comes, they just quickly drop out of God as the equation in the center of their life because of trouble. That kind of tells you if their life, and if this is you, please don't take this offense, but take this as a challenge. That just means that your life is built on sand, not on a solid rock. You see, instead of your conversation turning to God in these times, your conversation turns to problems. I, I don't think that's, that's very good because, you see, if in times of trouble, you know, where David is, he's speaking to God about his enemies, you know, he's talking to God, but if we turn our dialogue about our problems and make it about our problems, and I'm not telling you to ignore your problems, we're going to see David doesn't ignore them, but it only gets worse in your head. Have you ever noticed that? If, if you only talk about your problems and it turns into that possibly woe is me and it's so bad, does it get better in your head or does it get worse? <laughs> it gets worse. So instead of doing that, Let's do what David did. He talks to God about his problem. Another thing I want to draw out of that first thing there is that David has a strong faith foundation. David is not withering. David is not wandering away from God. David is not walking to something to numb himself because of the suffering he's going through. And David is not weakening in his belief of God at all. See, the big question in times of trouble is, how strong is your foundation? You know how you find the answer to that? It's very simple. Who do you speak to about your problems? When things are going tough, you know how strong your foundations are when you listen to, who do you speak to about your problems? You you're talking to God about it, say, God, I know you're this, this, or are you talking to your problems about your problems and everything else? <laughs> That's going to tell you where you're at. See. <clears throat> I'm older now. <laughs> I, I just seem to say that more often. But I have friends who are older like me, and, uh, and if you're older, you know, this, you know this is true. Whenever we get together, at, at a certain point, it never fails. The conversation is going to eventually, I don't care where you start, it's going to eventually lead to sitting around, talking about, your medications. <laughs> you think that sounds pathetic. It kind of is. But think about this. We begin to talk about in those conversations the things, that medication that brings us healing and relief. Ah. See, when it comes to life's troubles and problems, why don't we talk to God? Why don't we make him the number one source we talk to? He's the healer and he's the relief giver, is he not? Let's do that. Now, the second thing I want to point out in this about David is now David also speaks to himself about God. Huh. He speaks to himself about God. First, he speaks to God about his enemies. Now he's going to talk to himself about God, verse 3 and 4. It says, For strangers have risen against me, and violent men have sought my life. 
They have not set God before them. Now notice, he's not in denial about his situation. In fact, he says, Selah, stop and meditate. Think about what he just said. Verse 4. Behold, God is my helper. The Lord is a sustainer of my soul. Uh, he acknowledges his problems, but he's not in denial. I want you to notice in those verses his self-talk. It's good because it's about God. He speaks to himself about God. I have some questions that might help. Do you ever really, I mean really, listen to what you tell yourself, whether verbally or in your head, especially in times of trouble? Do you ever notice how you talk to yourself? Do you ever pay attention to the words that you use to describe you to you? They are very telling. <sighs> Let me tell you something that's true. And you need to know this as a follower of Christ. You know who listens to your self-talk besides you? <laughs> Demons. Now, Satan is way too busy, way up high on the ladder of the demonic structures there to go after you or me. We're, we're probably not big enough fish for that one right there. But remember, we have guardian angels. And just like we have guardian angels, there are also demons. And some of those demons follow us around all of our lives. And let me be clear what I'm saying so you don't get off into demonology or, oh, no, there's demon. No, God's greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. No demon or even Satan, they can't read your mind. They're not all-knowing. Only God is. But they will listen to what comes out of your mouth. They will read your facial expressions. So it's very important you watch what you say to yourself because if you start doing some negative self-talk and your problems with this and this and that, they're going to just confer and say, you're so, yeah, you're right, man, you poor person. Oh my gosh, it's so bad. David is self-talking, but he's talking to himself not about his problems. He's talking to himself about God. Now let me focus on two words that David uses because they're fantastic. The first thing he said is, God is my helper. Helper. You know what the, the Hebrew word is there? Sucker. Not like, oh, you're a sucker. No, it's S-U-C-C-O-U-R. It's the same word described, used for Eve who would be a helpmate of Adam. The word helpmate, it's sucker. S-U-C-C-O-U-R. Let me explain what that means. Because some of you are going to think, oh, she's a sucker for marrying Adam. That's not what it means. Because David uses as it as helper, and that's more along the lines of what it means. See, I like Deadliest Catch. <coughs> I like it a lot. I'm always really excited every time one of those cages comes up. Do they catch anything? But let me tell you what I don't like about Deadliest Catch. And every season, it seems like there's one like this. Because they, they, and it's Deadliest Catch for a reason, because the storms they have to battle. Every so often, there's a ship that's it's going down. And those waters are freezing. I think within 90 seconds, if you're not, if you don't get that suit on and you're in the water without it, you lose all the blood flows from your arms and legs to, to your heart to try to save your heart, but you can't even sue anyone. You just drown. But they sent out the SOS. You know what SOS means? It means send out sucker. S-U-C-C-O-U-R. Now, if you think about that, 
They're really saying this in that SOS. If you don't get here without you, I'm going down. I cannot survive without you. That's the principle also in marriage for the husband with the wife Eve. She says, help me. It's really what it means is you can't survive without her. You need her. That's why she's your equal. And right here, David says, God is my helper. I can't survive without him. I'm not going to make it. That's a great attitude to have. I need God that bad. But then David also adds that not only is my helper, the Lord is the sustainer of my soul. Now, my soul is my mind, will, and emotions. And you know your emotions can be all over the place if you're not careful. And it's kind of dangerous to live like that, you know. Emotions are great, but you've got to have them tempered with the Spirit of God and the Word of God. And now the word sustainer, the Hebrew word means to lean upon. Now David says, not only can I not live without God, I need God to deliver, but I can't, I I lean upon Him in every way. Now, this is great self-talk, because everything's focused on God and who God is and how much He needs God. I like that. This is the way you and I should talk to ourselves. Now, the third thing we find out is this, is David speaks to God about himself. Now he shifts it. He's going to speak to God, and he's going to tell God about himself in verse 5 and 6. Here's what he says. Now watch, he says, He will recompense the evil to my foes. Destroy them in your faithfulness. Those are heavy words. Verse 6, willingly, willingly, that means free will, readiness, willingly, I will sacrifice to you. I will give thanks to your name, O Lord, for it is good. Oh, man. Now, David is speaks, uh, he's speaking to God about himself. Now, watch what he just said there. I will sacrifice to you. Now, there's no sign of woe is me, no negative stuff whatsoever. Now, if you think of all the three movements that we read so far, what is the one reoccurring idea of the three movements that we've read in David's life? All three keep God at the center of his life. This is a constant theme. And let me give you the key truth of that. If I begin with God, my troubles and my enemies grow small. But if I always begin with my troubles and my enemies, then God grows small in my life. See, David, he's got a lot of experience with God. And David's a guy that we can look back on different elements of his life. One of them is when back in 1 Samuel 17 when he fights uh, Goliath. He's a teenage kid, 15, 17 years old. He gets there in the Valley of Yilah, and there's no other adults who want to fight Goliath. He's a big dude, and he's intimidating. For 40 days, he's out there screaming for somebody to fight him. And after 40 days, if Goliath looked big at day one, he looks like a monster on day 40. Because if you don't deal with your problems quickly or your fears quickly, it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Now, why are all these grown men afraid and this teenage boy is not? Well, let me insert some of my ideas. I think they think that Goliath is just too big to hit. But for David, I think David thought, no, Goliath is too big to miss. What are you talking about? (laughs) I can't miss hitting this guy. But the big question of it all is this. Why was David's thinking different that day than everybody else's? What was the difference? I'll tell you. Because David always begins with God. He always begins with God. Therefore, when you begin with God, your your enemies and your problems get smaller. 
See, he, he said, God will deliver you into my hand. <laughs> he says, who's this uncircumcised Philistine that he should taunt the armies of the living God? Uh, he begins with God. So let me go back to the opening statement of today, and that is, in times of trouble, what do you sing? Now watch this. The fourth thing I want to say is this. David sings to God in times of trouble. Let me go back to verse 6 and then verse 7. It says, Willingly I will sacrifice to you. I will give thanks to your name. That, those are worship words. O Lord, for it is good. For he has delivered me from all trouble. And my eye has looked with satisfaction upon my enemies. Now, <clears throat> David sings to God <coughs> in times of trouble. You know what's amazing about those verses? <laughs> Is that David um, says God has delivered me. Has God delivered him yet? No, he's surrounded by his enemies. But David is talking past tense. And he says, God has delivered me. That's how much <coughs> he trusts God. That's how much his confidence is in God. And he says, therefore, that's why David can sing to God, thank you, God. You are good. He's doing all these things. In times of trouble, what do you sing? You guys all know this. <laughs> You know, when I took Olivia to the hospital because of COVID and you can't go in the, these times of COVID, you can't go see them. And she was really sick. And I went home and I had some emotional times by myself. But let me tell you what I did. I put on Hillsong music. Specifically, two songs I listen to repeatedly. I listen to With Everything, which is one of my favorite of all time. But I also put on I'll Stand with Arms High and Heart Abandoned in awe of the one who gave it all. I'll stand, my soul, Lord, to you surrender all I am is yours and boy did that resonate boy did that resonate in my time of trouble in your time of trouble you sing to the one that you put your confidence in you sing to your helper you sing to your sustainer and you know what you know what it gave me great peace even though it hasn't resolved, great peace. In times of trouble, what do you sing? What do you sing? Well, we're going to stop there. Hopefully this meant something to you. Maybe it helped you. We'll see you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us. If you have any questions or need prayer, please send us an email to hello at nbcc.com. We'd love it if you would subscribe to this podcast and take a second to rate it. Until then, we'll see you next time.